You're about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. Hello and welcome. That's right. You're trapped in Nerd Cage Live. This ain't just a reaction show, but a debate show and a live discussion on everything that makes people like you and I tick. So thank you for joining us tonight on this full-on spoiler review and discussion of James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Please hit that like button and subscribe. I'm your co-host, Jay St. G, Certified Geek, seven days a week, coming to you live from Syracuse, New York, and always among us, our moderator and troll hammer, Joe from Fallen One Gaming, and re-emerging once again from the warrior shrine of Wakanda, the fiend from Louisville, my man, Mark Withers, please welcome back our nerd cage allies. What's going on, everybody? Super excited to be here, and thank you for joining us for this special spoiler discussion. Uh, teaming up with us, we are so happy to have our good friends Wild Band and Dion McGill from Off the Beaten Podcast. Guys, how are you tonight? Hello, Nerd Cage. It's good to be back once again. Awesome, awesome. Good well, up, without good further up. delay, let's let's get right into it. But before, actually, before we get into it, Joe, who do we have in the chat tonight? All righty, in the chat we have bonus commentary. We have Shay. Hey. We have Scott Bannock. Yes. And we have more to more to come. Please speak up so we know you're here. Absolutely. <laughs> So Guys, hey. thank you so much for, for showing up. And uh, of course, if you all have seen the movie, which of course I'm sure that you all have since this is a spoiler discussion, don't be afraid to chime in, give your two cents, ask questions. That's what we're here for. That's what we're doing tonight. All right. So which one of these brave warriors wants to go first? I think I'll go first. Okay, well, um, take it away, Wild Band. I will say I thoroughly had fun with this movie. I enjoyed a majority of the performances, the action was really good, and I liked a lot of the jokes that happened throughout the movie. I did have a couple problems with some like some jokes and some uh, tone issues, but overall, I can easily say I'm glad I watched this movie, and I'm so looking forward to our watch party in a few weeks. Hell right yeah. Dion, I know you enjoy... I saw your personal post. What, what did you think of it? Mike. Mike's muted. I'm back. Can you hear me now? Yes. <laughs> I was so excited too. Dude. <laughs> Dude, this film was delightful. It was delightful. You guys know my MO. I never watch like trailers. So I knew nothing about this going in other than Sylvester Stallone voicing King Shark. You know, obviously some of the characters. So I didn't know anything. Walked into it. The open, the whole opening sequence was fabulous to me. Then that all kind of threw me for a loop. I was like, "Oh my god, okay, cool." And then like you know, it goes from there. It was just awesome. I know a lot of like, I, you know, on Facebook and everything, a lot of people were like, "Oh, this movie sucks." If you didn't like this movie, you weren't unhappy with this movie. You're unhappy with yourself because this movie was delightful. <laughs> <laughs> it was, dude, Here we it go. Was, it was funny as shit. I, I just I loved it. I, like I, you know, like. Oh, dude, I can, I can just go on. I could, like, say for days everything I liked about it. Best, like, best scene for me, though, was, uh, is it a werewolf? And he's like, you guys move next to a fucking werewolf? <laughs> <laughs> dude, I never near, like, choked. I was eating my food. I never, like, choked my food at that. Like, oh, come on. And it's like, you know, it's not perfect. Me and Mark have talked about this, like, a long, long time. DC is still trying to find, they're trying to find their, right. their place for everybody, right? And coming off the Snyder Cut, I mean, that's like, I think I was thinking like Justice League now is like dark 
and like depressing, but it's so epic. And this is not going to be, you know, so they're trying to figure out like, where do we put these other cats and where do we put the other tones of these films? And they yeah. found the perfect tone with Shazam. And so, you know, this wasn't perfect, but it was good. Dude, I loved it. I watched it twice. I watched it twice already. And I just really, really dug it. So yes, I two, two thumbs up for me. Were there issues with it? There's some problems, but like, you know, it was we great. And I even and I thought I was not going to enjoy. I even enjoyed John Cena, dude. Like I even enjoyed that character. I, like John Cena. I enjoyed his performance. Like I thought I was not gonna like him just because it's kind of John Cena. I was disappointed we could see it him. off. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah, so that's mine, bro. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. All right, uh, Joe, follow on game. We watched it together. What do you think? Yeah, I, uh, this was a mixed bag for me. I did like the uh, the action and the humor. It was a nice roller coaster ride. But uh, I I do still put the first one over the second one. I like wow. the character. Okay. I like the character chemistry okay. of the first one a little better. Plus, there's a with my bias, there's a lot more characters in the first one that I know. <laughs> so that's. <laughs> Fair enough. And and to be fair, Joe, there are some, I don't care, I'll say it, there are some elements of the first movie that the first movie did better. I will get to those, but not before what is going to be a controversial statement coming from Mark. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, go ahead and get the rotten tomatoes and rotten vegetables ready to throw. I know our our comment and our chat are going to be lit in just a few minutes, but I, I really didn't like this movie. Like, and I, and I, and I said this in our, in our, uh, review that we just did. Um, I think it's a question for me more of just like personal style over Gunn's execution. I think that Gunn gave the audience what they were expecting in terms of like high action, high gore level, a great amount of blood, you know what I mean? Like, uh, great humor and things like that. But for me, those things just didn't work. It was a little bit over the top to me. It lacked verisimilitude in parts where it really needed it. And I also felt like um, some of the, so, some parts of the story lacked logic. Like like uh, it was sort of hard to like overlook certain things and, you know, and kind of ignore as, as, far, as, the, as far as the story went. And so for me, um, I mean, there were some things that I liked about it, but not enough for me to really call it a win. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just laughing at the chat. I'm not laughing at you, Mark. I'm laughing at the chat. Oh, and, I, yeah, and, and I, yeah, I've been waiting. Going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, uh, Joe, uh, Joe, before I t- uh, give my opinion real quick, uh, Bo's commentary, he's got to go, but he had something to say. So, uh, Joe, fetch that comment real quick. Yes, he, he says before he goes, he has to say his major gripe about the movie is that King Shark provided basically nothing to the movie Correct. for such a fun and lovable character that they could have done it without him. And it would have been the same tone. Fair point. Okay. I, I, I got to disagree with that because Sylvester Stallone is my lord and savior. And I generally liked the character King Shark. I'm also glad they went with the um, the, the descendant storyline, not the in the Flash Arrowverse where he was a scientist gone, you know, um, gone wrong or whatever those right. gone wrong. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing about King Shark that. I, I can I'm not gonna say that he served nothing. I just wish he did more because he's the muscle of the group, and he's indes- not indestructible, but he can recover. That the fact they didn't really utilize him in the mission as, as much as they should have. But Sylvester Stallone, here's the thing: I'm watching this movie like 
I'm giggling because all I can picture is Sylvester Stallone in the sound booth saying all <laughs> these kooky lines and his, his, you know, goofy laugh. The scene in the aquarium, if you guys remember that part where he started, you know, he started giggling. <laughs> I'm so used to, like, you know, Rocky and Rambo and the Expendables and all these serious roles that he does. And for him to do this goofy role was so funny to me. Um, so, yeah, for me, King Shark and, dare I say, Peacemaker were the, were the showstoppers. And like it or not, whether if you're a fan of John Cena or not, John Cena is a star now in Hollywood. This mm-hmm. was like, yeah. I know he's been in other movies. And I know he had the Marine. I know he had uh, uh, cock blockers. And I know there's a few others. but Train wreck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, this was like his big breakout. Now he's like, he's a star now. I'm not saying he's as big as a star as Dwayne Johnson, but he's a certified star now in Hollywood. I Now that we're going to get more Peacekeeper for those who saw the post credit scene. And we got the TV show coming up. But I feel mm-hmm. like John Cena is going to be getting a lot more roles now. And I think his wrestling career is pretty much over. I know he's still in WWE, but I think at this point, he's probably going to go to full-on acting now. So I'm happy for John Cena because the man has poured his heart and body and soul into his career. And his muscles and his joints can't take the punishment anymore in wrestling. So I really want to see him succeed in Hollywood. I really do. Yeah, I, yeah. For me, though, I think my favorite character had to have been Polka Dot Man. I loved him so much. The character is absolutely ridiculous, but I liked how they were able to like visually pull off his powers. I thought that was really cool. And I'm sorry when the when um oh what was the giant starfish's name? Remind oh, me. Starro. When Starro stopped, I was like, no, come on, you kidding me? He lasts up until the final battle does some damage on him, and then, come on, man. <laughs> I saw it coming. I really did. And that was, like, one of my predictions I made. Oh, yeah, one thing I forgot to mention about King Shark. So the actor that played the goofy dude with the glasses there, the one who, hey, there's a kaiju up in this shit. Mm-hmm. That was King Shark standing. Oh, cool. That, yeah, so he played double role. He was King Shark stand-in. Emo Stallone did the voice. He was the stand-in for King Shark, and he was the guy behind the computer there. And fun fact, nice. uh, Sean Gunn was Calendar Man, that one scene of the bald dude with the... With the oh, oh, yeah. And okay. he was Weasel. He played yeah. Weasel and Calendar Man. And then one of the girls in the club was the chick who played uh, Mantis in mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I'm sorry, I watched all the Easter egg videos like right before we went live. Um... <laughs> I'm trying to think what other uh, there was, but yeah, that, that's all. But yeah, oh. in case you didn't know, King, the guy who played was King Shark was also the guy behind the computer. And uh, Taika Waititi played yeah. uh, Ratcatcher's Rat father. Lord. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, Ratcatcher. Um, I loved her. She was really <laughs> the only one that I actually had sympathy for because she wasn't like a hardened. I mean, yeah, she got busted for bank robbery, but she wasn't like a. She didn't kill men, women, and children like some of the other characters did. So right. she, I could actually kind of sympathize for her, and I felt like she was kind of the heart and the soul of the movie. I, I can agree with that, yeah. Agreed, yeah, absolutely. All right. I think one of the most underrated characters was Polka Dot Man's mom. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I that got really time. weird at points. <laughs> well, like, 
No, we're like with him dancing in the club, and like the fifty moms showed up, and then Starro became the mom. Was like, yeah. that's your mother. But like, they uh, did was... make a good. Uh, they made a reference saying, you know, they called him Norman Bates, and if you know anything about the Psycho movies, no, that's how Norman Bates viewed his mom. And yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to put it, de you know, delicately because I know it's a touchy subject, but yeah. So. There are elements of Norman Bates, and then to, to be fair to Polka Dot Man, is for a character that was really like a joke in the comics for decades, I thought James Gunn did a pretty good job giving him a backstory and some kind of redemption oh, yeah. arc, which right. he's never even ever had in the comics. Right. Well, one of one of the things that James Gunn said was that he wanted to he wanted the most obscure character to work with and he actually googled dumbest comic book character dumbest dc comic yep. character and pokey polka dot man came up and so yeah like that was something that he was sort of intent on doing was kind of like digging up like a very like deep cut character and actually giving giving him an actual like backstory that we would care about yes okay so I, I need to get this off my chest because Mark and I, we talked about this on the phone. Okay, so I'll just go out and say right now, I'm giving the movie 7.5 out of 10. It's good. It's not great. I thought the presentation was a lot of fun, but there's some stuff in the story. There's plot holes and stuff in the story and the execution that didn't work for me. I'm going to go right off the bat and say it. The one thing that bothered me so much, Joe knows what I'm talking about because he watched it with me. The one scene that bothered me so much, no no one's talking about it because I feel like a lot of people who's reviewing this movie, they're glossing over like, you know, the presentation, James Gunn, the music, the violence, and this, this, and that. Some people have written the story. Okay, so the scene where Colonel Flag is getting rescued. Okay, so they so Amanda Waller sends him on that side mission. Say, hey, you need to go get Colonel Flag. Who knows who knows what the hell's going on with him? He's being captured right now. So the squad goes in. And they just slaughter all those goddamn soldiers. Slaughtered them. You're trying to tell me, and then and then they find, and then they go into the tent, and there's Colonel Flag and that chick sitting there in the tent. And then she's like, "Oh my God, why'd you kill all my people?" Wait a minute. You guys are sitting in the tent. And you did not hear that Didn't slaughter hear outside. Yeah. Come on, man. It bothered hey, me so much. It took me out of the movie. Mark, hey, back, back me up, people. Back me up. Yeah, that's that's one that's a major logic problem for me is that all this stuff's going on and then they happen upon Flag and um what's it Sonia Braga's character and they're just sipping tea and kind of just chatting and stuff like that not hearing anything that's going on like no ruckus or anything like that. I mean, it just didn't. Yeah. It kinda, it, that kind of took me out of it a little bit when I saw that. Yeah, I mean, granted, some of those kills were stealth kills, like not like Peacemaker and um, Bloodsport. Yeah, were shooting guys, but it's not like they were like throwing off explosions every five no, seconds. No, 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 no. That one dude, he had the exploding bullet. Remember? Oh yeah, that's right. Yes, I, I got, I got you, man. I got you. <laughs> the other, the other side of that coin, though, is that that was pretty cool. Like that. The sort of pissing contest yes. that mm -hmm. Peacemaker and Bloodsport had, where they were just like kind of like killing people and like uh, indiscriminately and just kind of, kind of just showing off. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 that I did like that element, but it just did not make sense. Like, and then another thing to tack onto that same scene, and Mark, we talked about this as well, is that the one chick was just like, "You guys killed all my people," and this, this, and that, and then like. 
she pretty much just forgave him and like yeah. okay I had to yeah, deal with I'll, the devil. Yeah, I'll get I'll I'll give you that. She was very quick to be like, okay, yeah, whatever. Let's just stop the government. Yeah, so <laughs> that, that was like a huge problem. Now the other problem again, I'm just just saying my problems, but I still like I said, I'm giving it seven point five, so that's still good. The other problem I have with the movie is that the very, very beginning, they just killed off a whole bunch of characters. And then basically none of the other characters died till like the third and final act. I just mm-hmm. didn't like that decision. I don't have a problem with these characters dying. The problem I have is, Mark back me up on this, is I think it would have been more fun as if like at least like one or two characters died throughout the whole movie as the movie progressed instead of, okay, we're gonna kill all these guys right away, and then we're gonna save these people, and we're gonna kill them off at the, you know, Polka Dot Man, et cetera, at the very, very, and Colonel Flag at the very end, the third act. Mm-hmm. I just would, I would just wish it was like, oh, who's gonna get it next, you know, like, Instead of just killing them all abruptly in the beginning and then finally and saving them to the end, I think it would have been more fun just as, as the mission progresses that some lives are lost. That's what I was kind of hoping we were going to get. We didn't get that for whatever reason. I don't know if you guys, how you guys all go, go, go around the circle and tell me how you feel about that. I, I'll agree with that. I was very surprised at a lot of the, the members' deaths at the beginning. Like, I'll, I'll say this. I was kind of happy that Pete Davidson and Nathan Fillion <laughs> got killed right away. I don't like those guys. I'm like, sweet, they're gone. Um, but to kill a freaking uh, Captain Boomerang, like, come on. I, he was one of the better parts of Suicide Squad 2016. Yeah, I was, was, I was surprised. I mean, I thought... Honestly, I thought he was going to live, but I didn't know they were gonna, if they were going to kill him, they killed him off so quickly. Right, and like especially like it showed that oh, him and uh, a him and Harley remember each other. Like they call him like oh, Harles and Boomer. Like they had a little bit of like like friendship chemistry right there, and I wanted to see more of that throughout the movie. And yeah, it was like half, like A team and B team. B team was a distraction. A team was coming up the side, and like all of like maybe three people from B team like died. Yeah. And I love that opening. I just love the whole concept. Like, you know, just everything going into it. Like, you got the weasel. And the first thing they're like, they might catch you. Just do swim. And the weasel just like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, the minute he died, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and it was pretty and funny, then, though, because, like, Colonel Flagg was, why didn't anybody tell, tell him that weasel couldn't swim? <laughs> and then, like, from that point, you kind of get the fact that, like, oh, wait, this this is a sacrificial lamb, right, all going in. And, like, it, to me, I loved it. I just love, like, how it, like, panned out. Pete Davidson sold the team out, but that doesn't save him from getting his head blown off. And it was just, like, this is just pandemonium. And, you, you know, like, I was, like, I was like, there's no way they're going to kill Harley because she's so great. You know, right. and I just love the fact that her and Flag make it. And then it's just like, oh, oh, who's this, like, whether she's an alien or a god, we we don't quite know. But she jumps onto the helicopter like she's gonna save the day. She goes down in a ball of fire like she was gonna do something impressive. Like I just thought it was like very like cool and ingenious and like uh, I actually really like Pete Davidson. So like I was like really upset that he got killed. Or I was like, oh <laughs> shit. But it kind of was like great, especially for someone like me who didn't know what to expect. That you kind of come in, everyone on screen is dead within five minutes, and you're like, oh okay. And then it kind of gives this flashback to kind of like 
show you how do we get here and to move forward in the movies. I, I thought it was I thought it was cool. I thought it was really. Uh, I thought it would have been funny if they rolled the credits and just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might have been better. <laughs> and I don't know who wrote that song originally, but that the tune that they kick it off with, all the people who have died. I love that song. On top yeah, of that's it. Uh, that's Jim Carroll. He's a, he's actually he was a writer in the seventies. He had like. I don't know if you remember a movie called The Basketball Diaries yes. with um, Leonardo DiCaprio. That was actually about his life. And so oh, he okay. actually, um, you know, when he he wrote, after he wrote The Basketball Diaries, he wrote that song. Uh, I think it's called All My Friends Died. And it was just all about all the, all the people that he knew who were on heroin with him that had yeah. died. So, and, but yeah, side, you know, side note, like, yeah, that actually was an interesting um like opener opening song a little on the nose <laughs> it was but, perfect it was so yeah. perfect and it just yeah. kind of showing you all the you know like literally just all the bodies so you're just like oh shit okay they really are the suicide squad that's <laughs> and here we go so I, I loved it i loved it for me the, the way they jump like the first time they jump like oh three days earlier like okay that's fine but later in the movie it was like oh eight minutes earlier why do why do that flashback? Right. You could have just done that in order. The, the, yeah. I thought that was I thought that was a little unnecessary. Yeah. Right. Jay, you all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just getting. I'm just getting <laughs> call here. All right, cool. Yep, yep, yep. No, uh, think- so, so correct me if I'm wrong. I knew uh, we had um, uh, Mantis as one of the dancers in the club. We had Taika Waititi as Ratcatcher One. Uh, what was the, uh, what was the other cameo that was Marvel cameo that was in? Oh, um, uh, Sean Gunn as Calendar Man and Weasel. I remember either hearing or reading that Dave Batista had a cameo in this somewhere. It, was that just a rumor? Well, or do, Dave Batista was supposed to be Peacemaker, but Dave Batista chose Army of the Dead over Suicide Squad. That was a bad decision. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know if that was a bad decision. It's getting both a prequel and a sequel. Honestly, I I like both movies pretty equally, so um, I don't really have a problem with. uh, And honestly, I'm. I I, I too like them equally. I gave them. I think I gave both of those movies the same rating. Like so, yeah. I also like them or dislike them equally. (laughs) Whichever. I I just think. I don't know if Dave Patista would have pulled it off the same way uh, uh, John Cena did, honestly. Because I feel like yeah. John Cena handled handled the humor really well. No, he well. did a, Yeah, he was fantastic as Peacemaker. I don't know. Yeah. That's, 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 that's another... It's like, that's, that's, that's something really interesting to think about. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. The, 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 I will say... Well this a lot of the jokes in this movie were good but then then there were some that either fell flat or went on for too long like the whole dicks on the beast the dicks on the, the beast joke i was like okay you could have wrapped that up a little earlier yeah not only that i kind of felt like the best lines in the movie were given to us in the trailer you know like you know like that dicks on the beach thing that was part of the trailer mm-hmm. and you know there were a couple of the other jokes that you know like were the were in my opinion the funniest parts the most interesting parts we got that before we even watched the full movie which yeah. i think i mean i i can see 
that being like sort of, you know, they have to have a, a way to entice you to go see it, mm-hmm. but they're kind of giving the store away for free. And I, and that was a big disappointment for me because I felt like the humor was going to just like knock it out of the park the way that James Gunn usually does it. But I just didn't really think that a lot of the jokes landed. Yeah. I actually, you know, my favorite joke was the, uh, uh, when Peacemaker called, uh, King Shark Charlie the Tuna. <laughs> I died. I thought that was that was really really funny. Um, another uh, another problem I had with the way this is basically the last problem I have honestly is I so not to go all comic book nerdy but like Starro was a villain that like it took the whole entire Justice League to take down. And here comes Ratcatcher with all her rats, and the rats took down Starro. Well, yeah, with then Harley Quinn with the freaking javelin stabbing him in the eye, and then somehow floating like in water right. in Under his water. eye, and then the rats go in through the hole and start like eating him from the inside. Yeah, I just thought that was a little <laughs> odd that it was it was the rats that took care of Starro. I mean, yeah, I, don't, I don't think the location was right for that many rats. I think like, maybe New York would have worked. Yeah, I was gonna say that was a lot of damn rats. Like in, I mean, I I know it's a city, but you, like Joe just said, you would expect like that many rats in like New York City or something like that, not you know where they were in uh, South America or whatever. Right. Yeah, I I think a bigger a bigger problem than than just that sort of um, that detail about how to take down Starro was just Starro as the main. Villain, like we weren't really given like a true antagonist to root against, mm-hmm. you know. And I and you know I've said this before. I think that like particularly with comic book movies, they're only as good as the villain. They're only as good as the person that you're sort of rooting against. Like the stakes are set by that person or being or whatever it is. And you know, um, w- for that, I think that we needed maybe in addition to Starro, we needed like a true antagonist and someone who we could see their point of view. We could see why they were doing what they were doing, um, but we wanted them to fail. And we didn't have that. We really didn't have that. Like that, to me, that that was a big part of what was missing from this movie and why like the stakes to me didn't really seem that big. I was kind of um, thinking about this the other day about how, um, Waller kept saying over and over like how big the stakes were and like you know if this mission wasn't so so big I wouldn't I wouldn't have to do this or like right. whatever but we never really saw like a, like a truly dire situation where it would warrant something like that you know like so I don't know that was that was probably my biggest complaint with the whole movie speaking on Waller I, I again I love Viola Davis as Amanda Waller both in this one and in Suicide Squad 2016 however when it came to um, Task Force X going back to stop Star and they're like what are you guys doing turn back now this is your last chance the first movie, she she didn't hesitate to blow off um, the, the first guy's head. All of a sudden, oh, uh, stop. What are you doing? This is your last chance. And then they beat her with a golf club. I'm like, right. this doesn't... How does she this, survive this, that? Like, I'm like, like, she gets taken down 
with a golf club and she survives. Like, this isn't the same Amanda Waller from the last one. I'm granted, this is like a weird pseudo sequel to the last movie, but at the same time, since it's the same actor, it's essentially the same character. Yeah. Right, right. And also, like, why did she even care, right? So, in her mind, the mission is over. Right. So they can return back to prison or or, or go free or whatever the whatever the situation was. I think why, would she, why would she care if they went back and fought Starro? Because in her mind, they're probably going to die in the process. Mm-hmm. And if they're truly expendable, what's the difference? Right. The information that they hold, like the information that 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 they were going after would have died with them anyway. But mm-hmm. by demanding that they come back, she basically ensured that that hard drive would get used against her. If she'd have just been like, all right, you guys do whatever you want to do, she didn't really know that they were actually going to win. There was the the chances of of them actually dying were actually pretty high. Mm -hmm. So that part of the story just didn't make sense to me. Like, why would she be so upset about it? Like, this is your last chance. Like, you come back right now. Right. I'd have just been like, all right, go ahead. I got what I wanted. Exactly, yeah. I don't know. I that's, just, where, that's where Marvel's kind of better at filling in these plot holes a little, a little more. Mm. I mean, you could have put anything in there. You could have put, uh, well, these guys cost a lot of money to get before we kill them. So we can't just kill them off. We need to keep them as alive as long as possible. You know, something like that. Would have worked, mm. but. Yeah, and there could have been, who knows how much this movie was cut, but I got the impression that James Gunn <clears throat> Yes, I got the movie. This is the movie I always had planned. Blah blah blah. This is my my masterpiece. You know, and there's not anything here that I don't like. You know, he was he went on and on. So so like from what I gathered, this is the complete movie. There's not gonna be no director's cut and so on and so forth. Which brings me to another thing I wanted to bring up. Okay, so I can't help but you know this is always gonna be close to, close to the first Suicide Squad to me. So there are some things. Okay, I, I still think this movie overall is better than the first one, but that's not saying that the first one... I, there's still stuff about the first one I liked more. For example, the one thing that the first movie did and I thought did well was there was an explanation on how these criminals were captured. For example, Batman took out Harley and Joker. They showed that flashback. They showed it when the Flash took out Boomerang. Right. Mm-hmm. We didn't get any of that in this movie. I want to see how XY, like, like for example, I would have loved to see like Aquaman take out King Shark in the ocean. Oh, something. that could have been cool. Or something, you know, yeah. like, or or anything really, like, how, like. We yeah, the exchange between like, Bloodsport and Superman. You yeah, know, like, yeah, which the movie was, was yeah, we were explained to it, but we didn't. They 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 told did they told us they didn't show us. Yeah, right. So the mm-hmm. first movie they actually showed how these criminals were captured. Um, so that's one thing I give the first movie credit. Um, and I wish that this movie did. This movie just really got right to it, and a lot of, <laughs> some of these characters didn't get any explanation. They were just. Bam, killed off, or, you know, they didn't <laughs> go into detail on how these criminals were either taken down by the police or taken down by a metahuman or Batman or whatever, you know? Right. I wish they did that. Um, that yeah. being said, this movie, honest to God, just made me want the air cut even more now. Like, yes. Yeah. Please. I, I, I feel like we got two 
Suicide Squad comedy movies. I really want to see the Zack Snyder-esque Dark Dreary Suicide Squad movie, which mm-hmm. apparently what was the first movie before they did the recuts and the reshoots mm-hmm. due to the knee-jerk reaction to BVS. So, I really, really hope after the Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad ride is over, Warner Brothers will give us an air cut on HBO Max. Maybe we'll get it, maybe we won't. I would like to, but now, more than ever, I want to see that cut. Same, yeah. Yeah, and Air says he has a cut that's ready to go. Like, he doesn't have to do anything additional to it. They just have to release it. So, yeah, you're right. You know, it makes sense that they wouldn't have released it before now because it would undermine Gunn's version. And, you know, it would sort of maybe cause confusion. So, but now now that both versions are out, you know, like the, the 2016 version and the one that we just got, maybe in a year or two, we'll get to see that air cut, you know, in, in some form. Yeah. Mm. And it's just funny because now we were, you know, Hollywood Reporter and a few others are, are tweeting about it and talking about it. And, of course, David Ayer came out and said, like what Mark just said, like, hey, yeah, I, my version's done and only like three people have seen it. You know, and then, you know, of course, the test audiences in the... Um, and the Warner Brothers executives were just were scared of, scared from it because it was so dark and dreary and whatever. So right. I, I recently heard slash read something that uh, the both versions of 2016 tested the same, like one didn't do better than the other. Right. Mm. That's what I heard as well. And that they just decided kind of at the last minute to hire the company that did all of the trailers. Movie trailers, yeah. To to actually yep. recut Ayer's Suicide Squad into what it eventually turned into. Huh. Yeah. Um, All right. So what everybody, I'm just looking at the chat right now. What everybody think about uh, the Thinker? Useless. I mean, I love Peter Capaldi, but he was useless. You could have come out of the movie, and they still would have gotten in somehow. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. <laughs> It, it was a missed opportunity, in my opinion, because you have a great actor in Peter Capaldi, and and he was great at the you know with the uh, with the material he was given, you know, like he had some great one-liners in there. He was actually funny, he was charming, but um, he could have been that antagonist that I was talking about, you know, like they could have written him in such a way that he's a character that now we love to hate him, now we want him to fail. But they didn't really give him that. They just gave him a couple of funny lines and kind of made him sort of the comic foil, and 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 that was that was the extent of him, which was which is unfortunate because the thinker is a great character, you know. Mm. So that's my two cents. Also, I did. It, it's a stupid reference, but it, it's a reference nonetheless, and it's, it was in the trailer too, where she's like, when Harley Quinn says the thinker, if you have personalized license plates, you die, which. Is a reference, and I caught the reference too. Is when it's because Joker on his car had a personalized license plate, ha ha ha, on his purple Lamborghini. Right. So I thought that reference <laughs> was pretty funny. Um, and another thing too. Again, we uh, Dion dealt Dion and uh, Wild Ben dealt on it earlier. This is this, this is definitely. I know they're not trying to. This is definitely a sequel to the other movie because there there are references that are made directly to the first movie, like Wild Ben said that. You know, Captain Boomerang and Harley had a friendship. On top of mm-hmm. that, there was a reference to Birds of Prey, where she, when she killed that dude, 
you know, the guy that wanted to marry her. Uh-huh. And he said, like, well, since my last boyfriend, I know what, what the red flags are, and I'm not going to go through that shit again, which was part of her character arc. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, they Prey. broke up at the beginning of Birds of Prey, right. that's right. Yeah. yeah, so they do make subtle <laughs> references to Birds of Prey and the first Suicide Squad movie. Um, mm-hmm. So why they're, like, advertising this movie as a reboot it really isn't. I mean, you you right. can take it as a reboot, but if you're a DCEU fan and you pick up on those things, like oh, it technically is still a loose sequel. But yeah. if you if you don't pick up on that, or you just like you're whatever about it, then it, it is re- pretty much a reboot in of itself. Yeah, I mean, did they really um, like formally consider it a reboot? Um, because I don't remember like Warner Brothers necessarily like making that statement. I think that we all just kind of assumed that because yeah. James Gunn was in it, uh, James Gunn was doing it and because of the the myriad of, of other characters that were uh, going to be a part of this team that weren't a part of the 2016 version. Mm-hmm. But there were there were all kinds of references to that original um, and to, you know, that original movie that it makes me think that that was never the that was never the plan, and I don't think they ever really marketed that marketed it that way. I think that we all just kind of went with that assumption. Yeah. So, uh, according to Wikipedia, it says it is a standalone sequel to 2016 Suicide Squad. So, take that for what you will, but to me, that says like, oh, it's you'll see some characters and some little references to the previous one. But if you consider it its own film, it can be. I think it was right. DC trying to be clever, considering that if you call it the Suicide Squad 2, they expect you to have the same cast from the first one. If right. you call it the Suicide Squad, now you can have a whole new cast and still have the same tone of the movie. And I, th- right. I think that that was a smart thing to do, because I, it, this was supposed to be a, just a straight-up sequel to Suicide Squad, and Will Smith was supposed to come back as Deadshot, but due to scheduling conflicts, he couldn't come back. So, and, and apparently um, they want him to come back for later films. Like If they do yeah. more Suicide Squad movies, they're leaving the door open for Will Smith mm-hmm. to come back. Right. And apparently uh, Idris Elba was supposed to be Deadshot, but again, because they wanted him to come back, they just made him Bloodsport, but right. they didn't change the character's story, so that's why Bloodsport has a daughter in this. Yeah, mm. and, it, and you know, they kind of did the, the character's publication history, like his actual history in the comics, they, they changed that up to make it seem more like Deadshots, which I thought was a little uncool like i mean it's it's you know for for people who are not familiar with the comic it's fine but Mm -hmm. you know for for those of us who are superman fans you know who know that character is a superman villain like he he's nothing like deadshot you know what i mean like his abilities are similar but there's certain aspects of that character that are very different and they they really should have there was no reason to change any of that he's basically dc's punisher right he's a vietnam veteran who he's actually so 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 dubois actual backstory is that he was a draft dodger he was he like i know that they can't do that now in modern times because there is no draft but um, in the original story, he was a draft dodger, and his brother went to war in his stead and was killed. And the guilt from that kind of made him insane and made him obsessed with the idea of combat and becoming the perfect soldier. Mm-hmm. And um, 
uh, Lex Luthor actually took advantage of him and manipulated him to basically make him think that part of what he was going through was Superman's fault. And and that's how he mm. became like a Superman rogue. So I, I don't know why you wouldn't kind of touch on some of that. You're I right. mean, it's some of the opportunity because how great would it yeah. have been if he was hired by Lex Luthor that put the kryptonite bullet in Superman? Like Lex Luthor was in prison. Like, well, actually, he escaped from prison. But but it would have been cool if like Lex Luthor sent him to go after Superman. I think that that would have been a nice little touch because they didn't explain why. They just said he put a bullet in Superman. That's all they said. They didn't say right. They never explained it. You know? Right. So again, I just wish some of the stuff was flushed out a little more. Which again, the first movie kind of did better. So. <laughs> and Jay, you, you said this earlier, like um, because this is like James Gunn's vision, we probably won't get a, a director's cut or something like that. I mostly agree with that. However, I don't. I don't put it past them putting out an unrated cut because that whole sequence of Harley Quinn in her red dress just mowing down all the dudes in that the was so palace. Sick. I, the, I, I'm very confident the reason we saw all those freaking flowers and like animals floating around was so they could hide as much of the gore, but, but also show as much gore as they could while still retaining that R rating. Right. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put past Warner Brothers James Gunn to put out at least an unrated cut of this movie. Yeah, I, I could see that happening too. I didn't think about that at the time. I just thought they were kind of trying to be funny about it. Yeah, but yeah, like that's I a great that kind of odd. Like, what was yeah. the point? But now, now that Wild Bear's pointed that out, okay, now it makes a little. Yeah, bit that more makes sense a great now. point. Yeah. Um, other things. Any other characters we didn't touch upon? Man, because there's so many of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll say this though. I'm I'm actually really excited for the Peacemaker TV show. Same. Uh, so I guess it's gonna come on HBO Max in. January and there's gonna be eight episodes. Yeah, I thought this whole time, honestly, just my opinion. I thought the whole time prior to this movie that it was gonna be a prequel. I thought for sure John Cena was gonna yeah. die. Ultimately, he did die, but they found him in, in the rubble. I mm -hmm. thought that it was gonna be a prequel show, but now apparently it it might just be both a prequel and a sequel Sorry, to no. the to the movie. Now that he's actually alive. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and that brings up some interesting questions in terms of like, are we going to see other members of the squad in that show? Are we going to see mm. Waller in the show? You know, is this going to tie into the other DC shows like Doom Patrol and Titans and things like that? Like, it, I didn't, you know, I'm like you. I was thinking that this was like a prequel. This is maybe going to tell the story of how he, you know, how he went rogue and how he gets captured and eventually becomes a, a member of Task Force X. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it's a sequel makes it a little more intriguing to me. I mean, I was intrigued before, but now I'm like a little more interested to see what they do with it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, put it past Waller showing up for maybe an episode or two because she was the one who stuck all those analysts and tech guys to like be with Peacemaker. So uh, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw like an episode two appearance from Amanda Waller, but right. in terms of maybe some of the squad members, I could maybe see uh, Harley Quinn just because she's the most popular, DC, sure. one of the most popular DC characters right now. I would like to see maybe uh, Idris Elba pop up again as Bloodsport just to be like a, a final showdown between the two of them, kill him once and for all. Right. But at the very least, I, I, I'd be... I, would like to see Amanda Waller pop up and I don't that, that's another thing about this iteration well this movie 
I'm familiar with a lot of the with a lot of the characters, but then there's like Peacemaker. I have no idea who he was. I enjoyed the heck out of John Cena's performance. I'm like, okay, yeah. who is this character? So maybe they'll like pull some uh, characters from his uh, part of the DC universe into the show. I don't know. I also love right. his twist that Amanda Waller, you know, had him as a backup the whole time. I actually loved. That was a great freaking mm-hmm. twist. Um, the other thing too, I found out when I, I, cause I was listening to the weekly planet podcast, James Gunn is directing the first three episodes of peacemaker and the last two. Hell yeah. Mm. So there's, there's eight episodes total, but the first three he's directing and the last two, seven, eight. So there's going to be, so this, this is essentially, yeah, this is essentially James Gunn's show then. Yeah. And he, I guess he wrote the whole first episode. Nice. So, cool. I'm really looking forward to it, and also this will be the first time we're getting a DCEU show, because obviously Marvel's got their, you know, three shows and counting. This is like the first time we're getting a DCEU show. I mean, yeah, there's other DC shows, but part of this DCEU. Right, because, yeah, Titans and uh, Doom Patrol are just separate. DC shows, yeah. but no, yeah, you're right. This is the first DCEU property to, to have a, an HBO Max spinoff. Yeah. Right. Mm. And then now the, the Batgirl, is that a movie or a TV show? I believe it's a movie. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a made for HBO Max movie. And it's part of, that's part of the DCU oh, because nice. they just revealed that. Um, there are talks with J.K. Simmons as coming back as Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Which that also leaves the door open for Ben Affleck to that's come back as Batman. That's the one thing I'm mad about. Just like, do, right. One thing Mark and I, we talked about, like, if, if we don't get more Snyder um, Justice movies. League movies. At least give Ben Affleck his movies. <laughs> like now, I'm thinking, okay, if they're gonna do a Batgirl movie with J.K. Simmons, the door for Ben Affleck to come back for his solo movie against Deathstroke is still kind of a possibility. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would love, if, you know, if they were gonna do something like that with HBO Max, I would love instead of it being like a feature, make it a four-part limited series. You know, give us give us a lot more exposition. Give give those characters time to develop and breathe, and in the story, time to breathe. If they're going to do that, mm-hmm. I've been wanting that like ever since seeing that ultimate cut of BVS. Which I mean, everybody knows I hated the theatrical, but the you know Snyder like more than made up with it, m- more than made up for it with that ultimate edition. Yeah, mm. yeah. All right. Okay. So it's a little bit after eight o'clock now. So do you guys want to go around a circle and give your overall rating? Sure. All right. So Wild Ben, go ahead. All right. So I would say out of 10 for James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, I would definitely give it a seven, seven and a half. I really had fun with this movie. I enjoyed it a lot. I would definitely watch it more than once, even with the watch party coming up soon. But it's not perfect. I had my problems with uh, some weird uh, tone moments, uh, some like like weird character moments even like like my problem with amanda waller um my tone problems like me with uh, some of those like card wipes like oh eight minutes later operation save harley that's some kind of like okay we're doing this is getting a little too silly i know this is james gunn but we're getting a little too silly for what this movie is going to be but regardless the, the performances from all the actors in particular the, the actor played polka dot man which i'm never going to say his name right so i'm not going to try uh margot robbie as harley quinn uh Idris Elba as Bloodsport, and of course john cena as the peacemaker i enjoyed that 
hell out of all their performances. So if, you, if you're going to see it, it's well worth a watch, more than one watch, whether you see it in both uh, theaters or on HBO Max. Very well said. Dion, go ahead, man. Oh, man. Um, you know what? I'm going to kind of stick a wild band for sure. I'm going to say seven, seven out of ten. Um, I really enjoyed it. Like, <laughs> you know, it wasn't perfect, um, but you had a great cast. I thought the people that I thought I wasn't going to like, I really enjoyed um, characters that I was kind of really unfamiliar with. Peacemaker, King Shark, relatively unfamiliar with, I thought were great um, and used great. Um, yeah, even the parts of it that I didn't like, I wasn't too much into the romance part with Harley Quinn. Like, of the whole movie, that was the part that I liked the very least. Second time I watched it, I liked it even less. And then when she shoots him, I was like, oh, well, damn. Okay, well, <laughs> it kind of makes up for it, you know? But other than that, like, that was the one part of the movie I 100% was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to go get some water or whatever. Because it just felt so, the tone of it changed so drastically. Maybe that was some of what Wild Band was referring to. Like, suddenly it would just turn into a romance for a minute. We're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. here we are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say seven. I would definitely recommend it. Um, I really liked it. Uh, I would love to see at least whoever's left in the iteration. I can't wait for the Peacemaker show. I want to see some more of Ratcatcher 2 for sure. I would love to see more of the Polka Dot Man in some uh. capacity. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not his mom so much, but as a, <laughs> as a, that, that was the creepiest thing. Like, with that first part, they're like, Where's your mom now? And he's like everywhere. And it's just the whole team is his mom. That was the creepiest thing to me. I was like, ugh. <laughs> I like literally shook in my seat, like, oh God, okay. Horrific. But yes, I would say seven out of ten. Um, like I said, I watched it twice already. I'll probably check it out at least one more time, which for me, uh, I don't know, like Mark and Jay, like if I watch a movie like more than like once or twice, like it's pretty kind of like that's yeah. out for me. Um mm. so I, I enjoyed it. I would love to see an extended cut or an unrated version for sure and I would love to see something else kind of with ex- I, could see, I would love to see a continuation of this Suicide Squad storyline whether it's with newer characters or what happened so yeah absolutely well said Dion we love very well you. thank you for coming on I know you're a very busy man I know you had Lollapalooza and you've been doing this this and that so <laughs> and off the beaten podcast I, I see your post so thank you for taking the time uh, in, in, at the last minute nonetheless for coming on join us in the spoiler discussion man it's very well said. I'm glad you're able to come and join us. Uh, Joe, no worries, brother. Ball One Gaming, we had a blast watching together. And, of course, you, you won't be we able did. to make the watch party because it's your birthday and you're going to Florida. So Yeah, yeah. I'll be, I'll be out. Yeah, about, yeah. But, so uh, the moderator is going to be taking, uh, you know, a week off. Well, two weeks off, actually. So, um, so yeah. So, Joe, go ahead. Dish it out. What you would rate it and what you, you know, and all that. Your overall thoughts. All right, I give this a 6.5 out of 10. Um, I don't rate it quite as high. I can't really ignore some of the plot holes and the pacing was kind of off. Um, I did like some of the characters. I mean, Bloodsport is one of, kind of one of my favorites now. Um, King Shark, Sylvester Stallone did a great job with that. And uh, Harley Quinn is Harley Quinn. What do I have to say about mm-hmm. that? But uh, yeah, I give, I give it a solid 6.5 and it's definitely worth a watch, maybe even two, um, just to just to go through and have a fun thrill ride, you know? All right. And then Mark, go ahead. So my score is uh, pretty much exactly the same as Joe's. I'm going to give it a 6.5. Um, 
I, again, you know, dislike this movie not because of any uh, lack of execution or poor execution. It's just that particular style of film doesn't speak to me. Um, but that said, I think the performances were all fantastic. I loved um, particularly, you know, sp uh, specific uh, characters kind of working together again uh, Bloodsport, Peacemaker Harley Quinn and um, and Captain Boomerang and uh, you know and uh, Polka Dot not Polka Dot I'm sorry Ratcatcher 2 and King Shark like those characters kind of de developing and building these bonds and these friendships kind of created heart for the movie that I think you know um, is is a positive thing it's, a, it's like one of the one of the things that I did like very much about the movie I also really loved that clinic that Harley Quinn ran in, in terms of like just that kill sequence you know when she was oh, yeah. freeing herself from being captured mm -hmm. you know and then even afterwards where they're like oh we came to rescue you oh well i can go back up and you can still do it <laughs> like <laughs> you know just like you know there were a few moments like that that were really um you know that were really heartfelt and, and actually like made the movie better so i do like those things but um i just don't think that there were enough of those moments for me to really say that this is a great movie all right before i give my final take uh, i see so, so everybody in the chat what would you give i see paul tackett says 6.5 uh byron kings is giving it an eight so I feel like the so we got pretty much everybody here on screen and everybody in the chat. I feel like it's everyone's kind of like feeling out the same way. I'll say this again. I'll repeat. I get, I'm giving this 7.5 out of 10 because the presentation's great, but there were plot holes that bothered the hot hell out of me. However, this was overhyped. Like I'm I am so done with these. Rotten Tomatoes and these early reviews yeah. because they just keep building this. They did the same thing with Black Widow. They did the same thing with this movie. In fact, with Wonder Woman also. I know a way we can stop this. Rotten Tomatoes, if you're listening, please give me and Mark accounts. Okay? We need a Rotten Tomato account so we can kind of bring some truth in here. Because you want to know something about Nerd Cage Live? We are not paid by studios. We don't get perks from Warner Brothers or Disney or anybody. If you want the truth, you come to Nerd Cage Live. So all these, you know, early reviews, man, these are people who either get perks or paid by the studio. And this movie was overhyped. It wasn't bad by any stretch, but it was certainly overhyped. And the 96%, 100%, no way. Like, no way. I get it. Right. Like, the studios need to make money. I get that. But you know, if you if you guys want the truth, come to Nerd Cage Live. And if you want if you want to put an end to this thing, let give all of us here, give us accounts on Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic, so we can kind of put our input in here, like true input. Um. So yeah, the movie's good, not great. Um, it's it's still a top ten, not top five. It is a top ten film of 2021. Um, as far as the entire DCEU. In fact, I actually have my list right here in front of me. And again, this list changes a lot here. Um, let me see here. So I have this among the 11 DCE. I'm not talking about DC movies. I'm talking the DCEU itself. The 11 mm. films, including both versions of Justice League. I have this at number seven. So basically uh. in the middle. Because um, 
for the love of God, I could not put this above Aquaman, Man of Steel, Wonder Woman, Shazam, BBS, and of course, mm-hmm. Snyder Cut's still my number one. But the movie is, is not bad by any stretch. And Dion said it pretty good that the DCEU is kind of finding its footing here because I feel like, you know, yeah, they kind of had a rough start, but they're finding their footing. Um, and I will put this above Wonder Woman 84. Um, but that being said, I cannot put it above, you know, like I said, the movies I mentioned earlier. Uh, but again, it's... You know, I know some people are saying this is the best comic book movie ever in years. This is the best DC. No effing way. Not even close. <laughs> so, not even close. 7.5 out of 10. Um, I'm not going to be as brutal as Mark or Joe, but I feel like the movie's good and it's good for a rewatch. It's just the, the flaws that I pointed out peg this movie a couple of notches and I, I'll never unsee it. <laughs> I think we have a uh, cage match brewing in the chat because we have our highest and lowest scores right next to each other. We got Scott Bannock gives it a nine, mm-hmm. and Shay gave it a six. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Wow. So again, I agree with we Shay. have people in the chat who who are, are you know see the same thing, and some people are with Mark and Joe. So, so yeah, I, I but I think we can all agree it's. Not a perfect movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one thing, one thing that we're we're starting to see, like, and it's, I think it's only going to get more pronounced, is the the divisiveness of this movie. Like, you, there are people that really, really love this movie, and mm-hmm. I've been hearing that over the like the past couple of days, and I don't knock them. Like, if your experience was that you love this movie and you think it's the best DCEU movie then it is for you, you know what I mean? But then you have other people that were like, you know, really kind of let down by it. Some people thought it was so-so. I just wonder what this, what that mean. you know, if, if is that a signal, like, because we kind of like saw the same thing with like Zack Snyder, like Zack Snyder was pretty universally liked until he started doing like DC movies, right? Like, and then, all, you know, like with Man of Steel, we saw it and then we saw it with BBS and then with like Justice League, you know, Snyder Cut and things like that. And he turned into almost like a, a, a controversial director just based off of that that one act of him doing these DC movies. Do you, do you guys think that we'll see kind of a similar thing with James Gunn? I don't think so. James Gunn isn't on the same, for me at least, James Gunn is not on the same level as Zack Snyder. James Gunn does a lot, James Gunn does a lot of fun movies, and yes, he's right now most well known for the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. he Snyder though, because Zack Snyder did produce this movie, and don't forget, James Gunn wrote the script for 2004's Dawn of the Dead, which Zack Snyder directed. So they work Mm -hmm. great together, Right. but their visions are completely different. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I'm sorry. Go ahead. We were out. What were you going to say about James Gunn? Um, yeah, I, I don't think James will have a divisive James Gunn fans versus James Gunn haters with this kind of movie, just because it, it, it's it, with his movies, you don't get that kind of like visceral divisiveness between his fans. Right. Yeah, and I see Cole in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> just stop the cap, Cole. You haven't even watched the. <laughs> um, another thing I want to point out something that, uh, this, We have to bring this up This has nothing to do with Suicide Squad could I say, But HBO Max, Mark and I, we talked about this I, I'll say this again I know there's some I, And Will, I know you liked um, GVK 
But the thing is, a lot of these movies that come out on HBO Max, now I'm talking the little things, uh, Mortal Kombat, GBK, Wonder Woman 84 was the first to do it. Now, Snyder Cut doesn't count because that wasn't part of that whole theatrical deal. I'm talking mm-hmm. about all the dual releases on HBO Max. Mm. And this is what alarms me just a little bit. That none of these movies have been super freaking awesome. Like, that worries me just a little bit. It makes me wonder if, if Warner Brothers knew this going in. Which brings me to the next... There's two big releases coming. The next one in September is the Sopranos prequel. Uh, the Many Saints of Newark, which I'm excited right. for. Uh. And then after that, we have Dune. Yeah. Are there concerns because of these movies not being so great uh, as advertised? Do you have do you, anybody on screen and anybody in the chat? Do you guys have concerns going into Many Saints of Newark and Dune? With me, with Many Saints of Newark, I'm not as familiar with The Sopranos, so I can't speak on that one. Sure. But with with Dune, I for me it's weird because I keep hearing back and forth like, oh, it's not going to be on HBO Max. Oh, it is. Oh, it's only going to be on it HBO is. Max for it two is. weeks. Regardless. I am super excited for that movie just just because of how how grand that movie is going to be. And uh, I, I don't know how much, if you guys know okay, this, but it was so recently. Did you see the Momoa interview over the weekend? The what? Jason Momoa's Jason interview Momoa. over the no. weekend about Dune. Okay, <clears throat> not to deflate you, Will. Dune, the final film, was going to be four or five hours long. The wow. studio demanded to cut it down to two and a half hours for the theatrical release. Mm-hmm. And Jason right. Momoa was like, no, we need the four-hour cut. I'm Okay. I will say this. I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for it. I'm one of probably the few people who liked the theatrical cut of Batman v Superman. And I recognize and like the Ultimate Edition better. Mm-hmm. Now... I understand, like, oh, if studios need to like make their notes and directors have to follow it. Just now, if just because we are getting a shorter cut of Dune than what the director wants, that doesn't necess- like that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get a worse movie. I would like to see a four-hour cut now, but just how grand June is, is promising to be and it looks like it will be delivering on that promise because it was recently revealed that this will be a two part movie yeah. I, I'm very excited to see uh, what, what has in store and I don't, I don't think it'll be a, a flop and I don't consider a lot of these hybrid releases to, be, to have been flops on HBO Max because yeah. GBK while it wasn't the first movie to hit 100, K, 100 million dollars uh, post pandemic it was still the first one released to do that so you can argue like oh some of these movies are lesser these are still big blockbuster movies Mm -hmm. yeah and it's sort of weigh in you know because this has been my most anticipated film for two years now and um i personally don't think that that it being a hybrid release or being rumored to be a hybrid release is any necessarily any indication of how it's going to perform or how it's going to be received um that that uh that time constraint as far as cutting it down from four hours to two and a half hours fairly common i mean we talked about how uh superman one and superman two were originally meant to be one long epic film and it was split Mm -hmm. into two parts i kind of see that 
that's what they're probably going to be doing as far as this being Dune Part One. There's going to be a Part Two. There's talk. Um, uh, there's a a uh, a prequel series that's that's in development. Yo, uh, limited series that's going to be on HBO Max. Just got greenlit. So you know, it's there are all these different splinters and all these different ways to to tell the story in its totality without necessarily making it like all a part of the same feature, which I. Honestly, I, I think that's the smart move anyway. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So personally, I think that all of that news is somewhat good as opposed to it being any kind of indicator that the movie is not going to be good. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm, I'm super excited for, for Dune as well. Yeah. Uh, although I do expect there to be, you know, a divisional gap the way, kind of the same way that Suicide Squad was um, because of how many years have passed since the first one. So, I mean, you have a generational gap there that some of them aren't even going to know what the first one was about. And then you're going to have your purists that want everything to be the exact same way as the first one, and you're just going to have that gap organically happen. Dion, any thoughts on the uh, upcoming slate of HBO Max movies? Like I said, we've got Many Saints of Newark is due out September, Dune, uh, late October... And I think the last one is Matrix 4. Oh, baby! Yeah! <laughs> I keep forgetting that's coming out. You hit the button with that one, Matrix 4! Um, you know what? I'm a huge Sopranos fan. I, mean, I can't even recount how many times I've actually watched that entire show. Oh, yeah. uh, I, can't, I can't remember how many seasons that show is, but I've seen it at least three, four times. So um, the minute I heard about this kind of prequel, Anthony Soprano as a young man, I was just like over, I'm just, oh, over the moon, excited about it. Um, I'm hoping that it'll be a very, I mean, you you have to, it's like, I feel like, especially with now that, uh, Anthony Gandolfini's being gone. You gotta give that like the utmost respect, right? That needs to be the utmost quality. I'm assuming it's taking so long to get that show because you're like, wait, we gotta make sure we got the story. We gotta make sure we got the right actors. You know, this needs to the be special. Trailers look promising, and, and the trailers. And James Gandolfini's son. Yes, yeah. you, oh He's my god, it. you know yes. who his father is when you see his face. Yes, yeah. and I'm sorry, Jay. I said Anthony, or I'm sorry, right. I said Anthony, right? Yeah, <laughs> Anthony. Surprise. James, right? James Gandolfini, <laughs> his son, you know, playing that role. So I'm hoping it's taking so long because they want it to be right and to be special because that yeah. show was. You know, it, it shattered so many things about TV, right. uh, you know, records, everything. And yep. so um, I'm super excited for it. I hope it's the utmost quality, which which right now, at least, it, and that was a trailer I did watch. You know, I'm not a trailer watcher, but I got in there, baby. I was like, oh, you know, the uncle comes out. You're like, yes, here we go. <laughs> um, so between that and then Matrix 4, Dune, I can't wait for. I just saw Dune for the first time, the original, maybe like three months ago. I watched it, oh, wow. like, you know, very recently. I never watched it as a kid I don't know why <laughs> so I know. In it. Virginia Madsen, like. so, so, so I'm super excited to see that remake you know because I mean it's, it's going to be epic it's going to be big it's going to be epic it's going to be very cinematic I love movies like that but then Matrix 4 I mean you're like you're tagging on another movie on like 
Oh my God. Like, what can you say about the Matrix? I kind of grew up with the Matrix, right? I was kind of me going into my, like, ah, right? Really getting into movies. So, between those two films, I'm super excited. I'm hoping HBO does them right, right? I'll come out with the pitchforks. You know what I'm saying? Now you you get into personal business, right? I'm like, this is personal business now. You better make these right. You can do what you want with the Suicide Squad. I don't give a fuck. You fuck these up, and we're coming coming out. So, I'm I'm excited. Super excited. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be good. Hopefully, gonna be good. We'll stay positive. So. It's just, I just, just like I said, just my feelings so far. This HBO again. I really enjoyed the little things. I know Mark didn't. I loved it, but GVK Mortal Kombat let me down big time. The Snyder Cut I loved, but again, that wasn't part of that that deal. So it just, it just, it just. I'm just worried because so far all these movies haven't been that good. I know. I love. Well, I did not see Judas in the Last Messiah. I know Mark raved about it. I didn't see that. That, that is, yeah, that is the best movie of 2021 in my opinion. Okay, I oh, have not yeah, seen that yeah. yet, but from yeah. all the HBO Max movies I have seen, I've seen most of them, including for those who wish me dead, Suicide Squad, GVK. Okay, I, I did not watch Space Jam. I didn't need to. Just saying. Um, <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Like these movies haven't been like, like gold standard you know and right. it just worries me and i'm like oh my god like sopranos and dunes coming up and, and it got me worried that's all i just want to hear everybody take it just got me pers- personally worried that's all i got a quick question yeah. and you guys would know this way you know better than me have the budgets of these films how have they like reflected uh, or compared to to pre you know what i'm saying like are the budgets of these films smaller no, or are they going all in? So you, with, you can take with the yeah, with the HBO Max hybrid releases, all these movies were completed before pandemic. Like they were already a lot of these were already in post production, or at the very least had already completed filming. So their budgets were already set in stone. Like I think for Godzilla vs. Kong, it was like between 115, 200 million. Suicide Squad probably roughly the same, so on and so forth. But with now entering post pandemic filming, I don't know if budgets have changed, but I know at least filming standards have changed as well as like, you know, uh, for example, Jurassic Park Dominion, that was one of the movies that was filming before COVID and then it had to continue filming post COVID. So uh, one thing they had to do was they bought out an entire hotel to uh, quarantine the actors. So I don't know if budgets have increased or decreased or have had like some sort of weird fluctuation, but uh, HBO Max have releases. They've already been done. Their budgets are set in stone. Future releases. I know um, they said HBO Max, the hybrid release, is only going to impact the 2021 releases. I have a weird feeling they may extend that to at least the first half of 2022. We'll see. But uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, the budgets come out for films that are currently in production or about to go into production post-pandemic. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see, specifically with, with Warner Brothers stuff, it'll be interesting to see how, like, the Discovery sale is going to affect how mm-hmm. they distribute and release movies going forward. If they are, are actually going to decrease their budgets, increase their budgets, if they're going to continue with this hybrid release model, um, or if that or if they look at the numbers and realize like hey this isn't really getting us the subscriber numbers that that were promised maybe we should completely do away with that forever i just really want to see like how it's going to look 
when it gets out of AT&T's hands and into like and into uh, the hands of a a company that actually specializes in entertainment. I'm actually excited for that sale to go through because yeah. I'm hoping that they will green light other DC projects that were either in limbo or had Snyder had their, his hands on. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. hoping. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I feel like the chances will increase. You know, for like the Batman with Ben Affleck or any other like DC project in limbo right now. I'm hoping that that this that this an air cut, of course. Like I'm hoping when the Discovery <clears throat> sale goes through, we will get more of what us rabid annoying fans have been asking for. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so guys, go ahead. Starting with Will, go ahead. Let's let's we'll wrap this up. Plug your guys. Plug yeah. Plug yourselves in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, you can find me on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter as Wild Band. Uh, at the moment, I just wrapped up my reactions to Godzilla Single Point, which I absolutely loved. And uh, coming up soon, I'll be back here on Monst- uh, on Near Kids Live doing the watch party for The Suicide Squad with uh, with Dion, with uh, Brian from Monstrosities, Yoko Gucci, and all the amazing people we had last time for the Snyder Cup watch party. And speaking of Brian from Monstrosities, starting this coming week, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, me and Brian will be checking out some cu- a couple other new, uh, well, not new old tokusatsu shows uh, for the first time so come check that out it's gonna be a lot of fun wonderful i, I am very much looking forward to that because uh, <laughs> that one video that you and brian did with the what was it with the cup oh the, the energy drink yeah the energy drink oh god that was funny that was great yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i definitely enjoy that and brian's brian's a goddamn character and mm-hmm. um He's kind of famous for uh, making me famous, I guess. <laughs> Dion from Off the Beaten Podcast. Plug away. Whatever you want to plug, plug away. Um, man, yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's always fun. It's always an education. I always appreciate it. Um, yeah, I have a podcast called Off the Beaten Podcast. I feel like I'm the weirdo. I don't really do anything around like pop culture, really. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, I, I feel like I want to be like I have a lifestyle channel and we talk about life <laughs> no but I have a podcast that talks about mostly about people uh, Mark has been on there before I still have to have Jay on there it's gonna happen yet it's just people who do amazing things uh, mostly focused around Chicago but I am starting a YouTube channel where I'm hoping to expand that scope so when you see me like over in the chat just click the click the, the name there and go and subscribe to it yeah, there's the nothing on the, description. the link is in the description I put you guys both in the description there's nothing on that channel, but I swear it's going to be there soon. <laughs> but other than that, you can check me out on Facebook, Instagram, all that jazz. Um, yeah, I just like to talk to interest. I mean, it's really, like, really cool. Um, I, just real quick, I had the, like, most heartfelt thing yesterday, bro. I met this guy I never met this dude before. And he literally was like, hey, Dion. I shook his hand. I was at, like, this event. And he goes, man, he goes, I listened to your podcast during quarantine. And it was the coolest shit ever. And I was like, oh, my God. Nice. I thought my heart was going to explode, you know. And it, I try to like have uplifting people to have uplifting conversations. So please check it out. Um, and yeah, that's it, brother. Thank you as always, fellas. I, and I can't wait for the watch party. Yeah. I just love, you know, I, I think people, especially like I don't talk as much as everybody else because I'm just listening and learning. So I'm just kind of <laughs> hanging out. Yeah, but occasionally. You, talk, you, 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 you bring these gems and you make us laugh. Like you, 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 yeah. you, you infuse the humor, much needed oh. humor and like. And I always get people like, "When's Dion coming back on their cage? When's Dion?" I'm like, "I'm like, trust me, I, I will get, I will get him back." Just you know, obviously we, 
you know, we we <sighs> over here at Nerdcage Live, Mark and I, we plot like way like at least a oh, month. Oh, absolutely. Like, we, we plug like a month in advance. In fact, we're we're plotting September as we speak. And you know, obviously, Dune watch parties gotta be either happening either late October or sometime November. We're plotting away. Please understand that. Yeah, there's so many awesome people who who get involved. They contribute to the channel. And trust me, we're, we're going to do more of this, and we're going to make this spoiler discussion a podcast. I'm going to have to edit the technical difficulty, but this will be a podcast, too. Um, speaking of podcasts, check out Off the Bean Podcast on Podbean, Apple, Spotify. For all you audio junkies out there, Off the Bean, look up Off the Bean Podcast and give, them, give Dion a listen. It's good stuff. Just saying. Thank you. Yeah. And buy him a cup of coffee. Oh, <laughs> you guys are the best. <laughs> every 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 episode, he always talks about that. Thank you so much, fellas. <laughs> All right, follow on gaming. Anything you want to plug or anything you want to mention? Uh, you can get me at uh, at follow on gaming on Twitter, or get me on the Nerd Cage discussion group. And if you haven't joined yet, join. Join the Facebook group. All our best stuff on there. <laughs> Yes, it's very, it's popping. We're at like, what, 130, 140 now? Oh, yeah. It's always popping. So, yeah, link in the description. Join the Nerd Cage Facebook discussion group. Now that we promote our material and Mark posts these great, um, great posts about movies and comics and stuff, but for other content creators and other posts, your stuff, we know this is a, this is just a, uh, a discussion we all share. So, yes, I know, uh, Wildband's always posting his reactions and whatnot. So yes, post your stuff. It's always fun to promote, you know, cross promote and seeing what everyone else is up to. I know Titan Goji's always posting, like, you know. So yeah, post your stuff. It's always fun, and the conversations are always popping, and it's always a good time, and it's always fun to debate. And I love connecting with, you know, the fans of the show directly. You know, so mm-hmm. it, that gives us a great opportunity to do that. Um, Mark Withers, we I know you just put some uh, material out out of the oven go ahead plug away yeah so you know we've constantly coming out with new recorded content um you know uh, again we have a, a brand new tiktok if you haven't checked us out on tiktok we've got a few videos out we've got um you know a, a new one coming out uh here uh, on you know just on the suicide squad coming out within a day or two so check that out we've also got an instagram and also uh as far as uh new look back episodes be on the lookout for our uh look back at david cronenberg's the fly we had a ton of fun uh recording that one and talking about it it's an old favorite of mine from the from the mid 1980s and so yeah a lot of interesting facts in that one so check it out absolutely uh that was a fun recording yeah i can't believe the fight the fly is turning 35 this year holy smokes and uh yeah we also just put out super cop and we just put out alien so check out those lookbacks if you haven't already as far as this thursday is concerned um it might just be me and joe chilling we don't really have anything planned this is like the only day we didn't have anything planned um Think of it as like the the, the warm up for the watch party. So yeah, I'm more, I'm more concerned about the watch party. So yeah, mark your calendars for August 19th, the Nerd Cage Live Suicide Squad watch party. Again, if you were there for the Snyder Cut, we got the same goddamn lineup plus Mark plus Laura and Nick from the from the Review Roulette podcast. So we got Yoko Higuchi coming back, Wild Band, Dion, Ryan from Monstrosities, all coming back to hang out with us to watch the Suicide Squad. Trust me, it'll be a hoot, and we're going to start at 9 o'clock, not the 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, because we want our, our friends out in the West Coast to get time 
to you know right. make it in and yeah it's gonna be a hell of a good time and of course that following thursday on the 26th we'll be taking the week off from live stream however we will premiere the mario the top 10 mario games and discussion ranking countdown which is baking the oven right now i'm proud to say that the audio is done i gotta do the graphics and it's ready to go but it will be ready for a nine o'clock premiere on august the 26th and i got other other great collaborations baking in the oven as well and i cannot wait to release them trust me nerd cage live is growing we're expanding and we're so happy to have all these collaborations and con contributors to the channel like people like dion people like wild band so be on the lookout man nerd cage live we're coming at you so whew. that being said <laughs> thank you to everybody in the chat for like i said last minute decision to do the spoiler discussion i'm glad that this was a it was a great turnout even with the technical difficulty it was a great turnout um so thank you to everyone so that being said we pre-please ask you to like comment subscribe ring that bell Spread that shit like Starro. For <laughs> <laughs> so you, I say, from Louisville, Kentucky, Syracuse, New York, Chicago, Illinois, Phoenix, Arizona, to all our friends and fans around the world at Nerd Cage Live and Off the Beaten Podcast and Wild Band and Monstrosities because you're associated with them too. Of course, <laughs> as always, enjoy life. Stay safe. And good night. Sayonara. Bye-bye. Ooh, trying to get out of the nerd cage, are ya? Well, before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerd Cage Live! Ah! Ha 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 ha!